This is the Ezra Podcast. Everybody talking some Virgil Ortiz today. Everybody talking some Dalton Smith today. We're going to be talking some Mickey Conlon, Blair the Flair upset, right? Blair the Flair uh, getting a big win in his career. But let's talk about Virgil Ortiz first. Virgil Ortiz versus uh, McKinnison. Uh, in a fight that, you know, was a was postponed. It was supposed to happen before, actually, once of the the event that was supposed to have the main event of Ortiz versus McKinnison. And uh, McKinnison is a, you know, he's a... He's, he's more of a boxer. He's more a defensive fighter. He's more fighting at range, making you chase him. Him touching at the end of his punch, end of a jab, and, you know, being defensive, using his legs to get away. As I said, though, uh, as I when I made my prediction for this fight, it's just like Virgil Ortiz is just physically more gifted than him. And even though the McKinson's like the guy that uses his legs and uses his defensive skills to get away, Virgil Ortiz has the better legs than him. Virgil Ortiz has the better legs. Than McKinson, he's more athletic legs. He's more skilled with them. He's more skilled in everything he does. Now, defensively, does he have flaws? Because he comes in and he goes into your range and he's looking to create offense and he doesn't really respect any of his opponents. Yes, he has that when he has no respect for anyone. Now, we haven't really seen him fight someone that he has true respect for. He feels like he can get anyone out of there that he's been in the ring with. So I am curious to see what it's going to look like when he fights a guy like Terrence Crawford or a guy like Boots or a guy like... Um, Earl Spence. I don't think it looks like the way these fights look like. I think he's doing exactly what we want fighters to do. Go in there, get these guys out of there when they don't belong in there with you. That's exactly what he's he's doing. Let me get the highlight here in the right video. Okay. That's exactly what he's doing. He's going in there and getting the guy out of there when we when we feel like the guy shouldn't be in there with them, right? That's exactly what you want. You want the uh, impressive performance, get the stoppage, look dominant. That's what he does. But somehow, you know, like I'm saying, if you want to be critical, you can be critical. If you want to be critical of virtual teeth, you could be critical. Right? You can say, oh, he gets caught too much. Oh, he's actually not good defensively. He just goes in and he's one-dimensional. This dude is not one-dimensional. Okay? We cannot say this man is one-dimensional. He has the skills to box. I, he could, I guarantee, right, just because of how skilled his legs are, right, how skilled the, his upper body movement is, a little, the, the subtle things that he does, this man can box. He can fight. He, I, I guarantee he can fight going backwards. You have not seen the complete package of Virgil Ortiz yet. And when he went in there, he felt what McKinson had. He felt what danger he was in in that fight. And he realized, I'm just going to go get him. And I understand that maybe he doesn't set his stuff up sometimes. And sometimes he just explodes with big shots. And maybe he'll even miss big. Remember, McKinson's not a bad fighter. That's the thing. Is it See... When you get these European guys and you, maybe you've never seen them before, right? Or you're not familiar with them or you didn't watch him come up. You assume, oh, well, he must not be a good fighter. Right? I don't know. He's just one of those European guys. And, okay, you could say that. But I think this guy's a, a competent fighter, right? And when you're a competent fighter, you, you're going to be able to pull off some things. Right? You're going to be able to have your little um, moments, right, where you look like you're doing some stuff. Because you're a competent fighter. And McKinson, at the skill level that he is, right, crafty as he is, as experienced as he is, he was able to survive, and he was also just very durable because he took big shots. It wasn't like, oh, Virgil Ortiz having a hard time getting to him. No, he was getting to him. Just the guy's durable. So if you're hitting the guy and he's surviving it, it's not really on Virgil Ortiz. That's like, oh, that's credit to the man's chin, credit to his durability. 
No, if he, he hits him with one of those big shots early and stops him, right, then there were not no complaints. But because that punch didn't stop him, because McKinson showed that his chin was, you know, credible, and you're not going to say, oh, well, Ortiz doesn't have power because we've already seen it. We've already seen Ortiz's power. He had, we had plenty of examples of his power. All his fights and his stoppage. So it's, it's credit, credit to McKinson's chin. Also, McKinson, you know, didn't exactly fight... I think as people expect him to fight is moving around the ring, making Ortiz chase him. Kind of look to choose to uh, hold his ground. If you're a boxer, that's always an option, right? There's always a few mindsets you have to have, right, when you're a boxer, especially at this level. Especially here in the States and in Texas fighting Ortiz. He's going to have to hold his ground because if he just moves around the whole fight, right, probably a hard time, probably very hard to win a decision doing that, especially how aggressive Ortiz is. Also, you want to kind of stop Ortiz's momentum. I want to make him respect you. You see Floyd do this with Pacquiao. You see Floyd actually do, do this a couple of times. But a lot of times when a guy's, uh, even when a boxer fights like a really high level guy, you'll see them actually sit in there more, right? And hold their ground because they're claiming their territory, right? They're saying like, you're not going to just run in on me. I'm not going to just let you do what you want to do in this fight. You're going to have to walk through some stuff. Now, McKinson was outgunned, but he, he won for it. He won for the win in this fight. He wasn't going there just like, ah, you know, I'm going to do my thing, survive, and see what happens. No, no, he won for the win. It just it wasn't it wasn't to be, right? He just was really outgunned by Ortiz. I don't think McKinson's a bad fighter. I don't think he's an elite-level fighter. No, no, not. Don't get me wrong. But I think just Ortiz is that damn good. And it, I think people want to be critical of Ortiz for some reason. They wanted to not put him at the level... Of, you know, Boots, Spencer Crawford. Let me tell you, he's there. He's no walk in the park for any man at 147 pounds. He just isn't. And you have to look at all the things he can do and the what he's good at and what he's a high level at. And, you know, that's that's he has an elite offense. And he has, uh, he has elite legs. That's just the truth of it. And he's better defensively than you want to give him credit for it. Now, just because he doesn't respect these guys, he's going to get caught. But that's because he doesn't respect these guys. If you're... Go watch sparring. Like, I think sparring kind of breaks down a lot of the mentalities people have. You, find a, uh, you watch a high-level guy versus a guy that he knows he's levels above, right? He might get caught a few times, right, because he's willing to take a lot of chances because he knows he's not in there with a guy that could really do anything to him. That's really what Ortiz is doing. And Ortiz has kind of been doing the last, like, three fights. And he got caught against Mean Machine. And Mean Machine, who was, uh, I think, a more credible fighter than we give him credit for, and, you know, had that competitive fight with Ter- uh, Terrence Crawford. He got caught, right? So, you know, you, you keep playing that aggressive game like that with guys at this level who are good, competent fighters. You, you're going to get caught once in a while. So it's maybe, he, I think he's honestly too aggressive. I, I, we're going to talk about Dalton Smith later, but Dalton Smith is, to me, is too respectful of his opponent. I think Ortiz is kind of a little too disrespectful of his opponent. I, I, I'll, I'll admit that. But I don't think he'll keep that going when he's fighting guys at the highest level. I think this Ortiz was, he looked to me damn good in this performance. He knew exactly what he was facing. He knew this guy wasn't going to hurt him. He knew this guy wasn't going to rock him. wasn't going to put him in trouble in this fight. And I think Ortiz did exactly what he needed to do. I don't know how they match him going forward. I think it's uh, going to need to start getting creative from Golden Boy because they're running out of names. Now, I don't think they're going to um, look to be throwing him in with like a Spence or a Crawford. Uh, they talk about it, but I don't think they really mean it. I think it's more of just like to hype Virgil Ortiz up. But I don't, I don't really see them uh, doing that anytime soon. And... You know, he's got time on his side. 
He doesn't have to be there with those guys yet. I think the boots is really, you know, the opponent will be talking about for him and, you know, where where they'll go and their career. They'll eventually, you know, they're probably most likely going to meet up. And I think that'll be the big fight, but it's just going to be how they, how, what Golden Boy does when they're, because they don't really, they don't have no one 147, really, if they're going to do Blood and Flare or Rocha, which, I mean, Rocha kind of makes sense. I think Rocha would make sense, but it's like, where Virgil is, it's just definitely a step backwards. It's not moving forward with Rocha, in my opinion. I think that it's a step backwards as, as far as um, name, not saying McKinson's all that, but I'm just saying, like, he's ready for the next step, and I don't think Rocha is that. So, right, the, as far as name and, Ability, I just think Rocha is either. I would think even he's just like level to where he's at right now. I don't really know if Golden Boy has a choice. I think Connor Ben's an interesting choice. If Connor Ben could get one more notable name, look impressive in that fight. Connor Ben versus Virgil Ortiz is an all action fight. And I think it'd be very interesting to see how that plays out. I would favor Ortiz, of course, uh, pretty heavily in that fight. But I think that those are two names. And if you're match room, you might, you know, want to. Find out what you have with Ben. You might be at the point where you're gonna try to find out. He's kind of, you know, Ben has kind of beaten at this level and he's been successful at this level and he's had the performances that you wanted at the level that he's at. But if you're gonna move him up, like they're saying, fighting Eubanks, like that's a tough fight, especially moving him up to 154. If he wins that fight and goes into a Virgil Ortiz fight, I think that's very interesting. I think that's a big fight. I think it'll have a lot of buzz to it. On the undercard, we had uh, Blair the Flair Cobbs versus Maurice Hooker in a fight that I thought Maurice Hooker was going to win. I thought it was a real risky matchup for Cobbs to go in this fight. Now, I did hear an interview before the fight, the, the weigh-in. You know, Hooker misses weight, and then he does an interview, and he just sounds shaky in it. He sounds like he's not in a good place. I tweeted it out. I said he's not in a go. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's in a good place going into this fight. I understand it. It's hard. To, like I said this, it's hard to judge what a pre-fight stuff means. Right? A lot of times you'll see stuff for pre-fight, and people say, oh, this guy's going to you know, he's struggling to make weight, or he sounds scared, or just all these things that we, you know, might be playing tricks for ourselves, right? Overthinking it. But I, I just heard something from Hooker, and I was like, it just doesn't seem like he's mentally there in this fight. I said, I'm still going to go with Hooker. I'm not going to switch my pick because I feel like he's better than Cobbs. I don't feel like – I feel like Cobbs is coming off a tough loss. I think Hooker could really put his punches together and put it on Cobbs. But it, was, it wasn't to be, right? Mentally, when he started off the fight, he, he wasn't there. He, he physically wasn't there. He couldn't connect. His brain wasn't connected with his punches. And he just looked like he didn't want to be there. Early on, and, and Cobbs starts off early by dropping him. And then Cobbs drops him twice in the next round. And because Hooker's experience, and, you know, he's been doing this for so long, that he almost kind of works through the cobwebs by taking all those shots. It's a, boxing's such a mental game. So he goes in there, he's not mentally, to me, mentally prepared for this fight. And let me stop right here, though. It's not an excuse. Uh, your mental game is not an excuse. Like, I would talk TFEMO versus Cambosos. That's not an excuse. That's a part of the game. If you're stressed, everybody's going through something, right? That this is a part of the game. You have to show up with all the problems you have in real life, all the stresses, all the concerns, everything. You got to show up and perform. Everyone's going through stuff, right? Especially at this level, everybody's struggling for money. Everybody is trying to build something here to be successful. So it's not an excuse. It's a, it's a skill. To be mentally strong is a skill. To be... Able to show up with all the problems and everything you have on the outside is a skill. It's it's something that I think people could gain over time. And some people are born with it. But 
he shows up and he's not mentally there. And cops get some, uh, get, uh, uh, drops him a few times early. He, like I said, gets hit with some shots. Decides like, hey, I'm. He gets a little pissed. Gets like, I want to get mine too. Kind of works through the cobwebs a little bit, right? And you, I've seen this in the gym where a guy shows up and he's first around. You're like, what the hell is this? And you're just like, give him some time. Let him warm up. He'll front, get in the rhythm of it. He kind of gets in the rhythm of it. He lands some good shots on cops, and you can see cops reacting to the shots. But because Hooker wasn't mentally right in the training camp, and he wasn't doing the things he needed to do, and he physically, he felt like mentally. It hurt his physically. He couldn't do go run. Couldn't do the things he needed to do to get down in weight and to get really in shape for this fight. And Cobbs was in very good shape, right? Cobbs was in very good shape for this fight. Cobbs' legs were allow him to get out of spots when it was getting a little bit dicey for him, right? Cobbs' legs were able to get him through the finish line on this fight. And Hooker went. He had a little bit of moments building a little momentum when he needed to up the pressure. He couldn't because he mentally. From the training camp, it affected the training camp all the way to the fight. He wasn't in shape. He couldn't get in shape for this fight the way he needed to. So when he did need to put his, his foot on the gas, like he did in this fight, he couldn't get it. It starts from training camp. These mental problems, all that, they start from training camp. And then, and then it just starts domino affecting. Now, is Hooker done with this career? I, I, I think he's a, you know, I don't know, done. There's so many opportunities in boxing, right? You got the zone. Um, ESPN, Showtime, uh, you got Matchroom, Top Rank, Golden Boy, PBC, all these, all these um, networks that are putting on shows every week, right? They're putting on so many fights. I, to me, to say, oh, Mauricio, you're never gonna see me. I don't think that's true. It's a very, you know, you still see Chris Algieri on TV, right? You still see Van Heerden on TV. So you can't say, oh, no, you're not going to see Maurice Hooker. No, I think you'll get another opportunity, but I think that someone's got to get a hold of him and be like, hey, we need to take a break. We need to let you get that itch again for boxing. We need to let you get mentally right. Um, let's, let's, let's take a break. Let's rest. Let's maybe take a year off. And I'm not taking talking about taking a year and then fighting right at the end of the year. No, no, no. I'm talking about taking a year off, and then we start, once that year is done, we start planning the future moves for you. I still think Hooker's an interesting fighter, and he's very entertaining. Like, even in this fight, he didn't even show up, but he's extremely entertaining. That's the thing with Cobbs, too. It's like, Cobbs is never going to be an elite fighter, in my opinion, from what I'm seeing from him. He's just not. He just doesn't have that ability. But damn, is he entertaining. And I've said this from the Rocha fight. I was like, well, I thought he, the crowd did him dirty at the Rocha fight. I thought that they were all against him. I didn't understand it because this man was selling the show. He was putting all the effort in to make the show. And he, once again, he's not never in a boring performance. He just... He's just an entertaining guy. I want to see him in entertaining matchups. Let him win some entertaining matchups. Let him win some fights that are more level at his level. Right? Because why? What do you have against it? What do you have against being entertained in a competitive fight? And then if he gets right, racks up a few wins, then you can go and see, you know really see at the at another level. But right now, I'm not rushing him. Now, I heard people say Conor Ben. I, I don't mind that fight. I think if you're going to fight one of the higher-ranked guys, that's the guy probably to fight. It would be a style that really benefits him. It's two guys just really putting everything behind their punches. I think Conor Ben would win that fight. But like I said, if Cobb's going to be a top guy, it's going to be a guy like Conor Ben. Uh, Esparza looked very good in her fight, too, uh, against Guzman. She won a uh, unanimous decision. Very skilled, Esparza. I, I, I don't really think I've really paid attention to her fights. So this fight, Guzman was very skilled too. Um, just maybe undersized or just not at that level that Esparza was. And the, not the, didn't have like the tools that Esparza had. Didn't have the craft that Esparza had. But had some things. She did bring some things to the table. And did have some uh, will and want in the fight. But 
I'm interested in seeing Guzman again. I definitely want to see Esparza again. With Sinisi Estrada going to top rank, you know, I don't know how that matches up. That was that fight kind of made a lot of sense for probably to happen next. So we shall see what what they do. Maybe top rank gold like can still work that out where they make that fight. But I, I was impressed with that fight. I thought it was very entertaining, very good matchup. Let's talk about Dalton Smith versus My Song. Um, is it Maison? Maison? Let's say Maison. Smith now as a guy I've been very high on. Um, let me pull up this. Boom. Uh, I've been very high on Smith. I've been telling, you know, just been basically shouting that, you know, Smith to me was one of the top prospects in boxing. I even at one point think I announced he was the best prospect. I think last year I was saying he's the best prospect in boxing. I I loved what I saw. There were some things that, um, you know, I've been noticing. It's he, He's a little bit too respectful of his opponents. I was saying that earlier. He's a little bit too respectful. He's not really... Applying to me, what he can really be applying pressure. Really, um, he's levels above the competition right now that he's at that level, and he could really be forcing that on someone. He could really be creating opportunities and creating openings, but he's very respectful. He's very respectful of his opponent. He doesn't want to get hit. He doesn't want to get touched. He wants things to be perfect in there. To really bring him along, right? You're going to need him to get more looks. And it's going to have to be not just this European style. Because to me, he's fighting the same guy over and over again. And he has it figured out. But he needs to get some more looks. He needs a, guy, a pressure guy. He needs a guy that's a slick boxer. He needs all the looks. I think he needs to come to the States. I really do. I think whether it's sparring or fights or, you know, need to bring some guys from the States over there to fight him. He could be world level. He could be an, an absolute elite level fighter. It's all about development. And I was thinking that, you know, match room, they're serious, you know, and they want to really enter the U.S. market. And they can enter it with their, they want to really develop their U.K. fighters, build a performance center in the States. That way they can send their fighters to the States, get the sparring, and, you know, they have fighters here that are with match room. They can even let in other camps. It doesn't matter, right? There's there's ways of, you know, there's ways of running it. But I think they need a performance center where their fighters can go and get some sparring here in the States because they need to get those different looks. I, I think that the one thing with, I see the European level is, yes, the heavyweights, you can get away with it because the European level heavyweights or Euro heavyweights are not too far from the American heavyweights, right? It's probably, anything, they're in the lead. They have the better heavyweights. I would, uh, You know, you can make an argument. But in the other lower weight classes, it, it's it, to me, it's not close. Like, it's, the American fighters are... are to me are always kind of better or even just like the global fighters like there's just like the Dominican Republic the Mexico Puerto Rico Cuba all those guys but they're getting a multiple looks like they're getting and to me I feel like Donald Smith just kind of fought the same guy over and over again so it's just going to be how they develop him but I like I said I'm very high on him I think he could be the future I think he could be an elite level fighter but he can't just have the same look. So I'm very curious how his next fight looks. I'm curious who his next matchup is and what, what he looks like. Because I think he needs a guy that's going to really put it on him. Pressure. Really guys that really come forward and has tricks he hasn't seen before. I think I think he needs to see some looks like that. I thought it was a very good performance. I was, I was impressed with it. Then we had um, Mick Conlon came back after, you know, his fight of the year performance, I thought, right now, leader in the clubhouse was fight of the year versus Laywood. 
in a loss and in a fight that he was up and then gets knocked out the ring in the last round and he came back on uh, ESPN it was like you know early he was in uh, Belfast and he's fighting uh, Mariaga and Mariaga who's a tough uh, opponent really for anyone but you know a little, on the downside of his career definitely I was still very impressed with Colin's performance I actually loved Colin's performance in this fight I thought that he was looked very skilled he looked very sharp you know, just coming off the knockout loss, you would think maybe there's diminishment. I think, honestly, he got better. I think he got better. I think he got more confident. And you can see him starting to land, put some stuff, sit on his punches a little more, uh, land some power shots. I was just impressed with it. Like I said, I know is not the same Mariaga that he once was, and even at that point, he was never, like, a world beater or anything like that. But Conley just looked sharp to me. Just look how he was supposed to look versus a guy like that. He just looked levels above Mariaga, who... You know, he really, really, he is. And I'm curious what they do with him going forward. He seemed like he sold pretty well in Belfast. Um, he's, a, he's a talented fighter. And I, I never, watching him coming up every day, I was never really high on him. And I never really could imagine that he would turn to the fighter that he did. But he's there now, and I would love to see the Laywood rematch. It seems like there's a lot of, maybe a few things in the way, but there's plenty of good competition at uh, 126 pounds. And I want to see, I'm very curious what they do with him, but I just was really impressed with that Conlon performance. I thought it was a, a lot of talent this weekend. There was a lot of talent in boxing this weekend. There was a big hole left because Jake Paul didn't fight. I think you guys know how I feel about that. I think that was very disappointing. I think Rockman, uh, you know, tried to pull some stuff there, and they weren't having it. They weren't playing the game because Rockman didn't realize that, you know, whatever he agreed to and all that, that was his opportunity. Okay, it wasn't going to get any better from that. And I think he allowed too much people to get in his head and say, well, we'll try this, try this. He should have said, I'm just going to go fight. I'm just going to go fight, and I'm going to try to, you know, I'm going to try to end this hype train and build my own hype train. But with that whole laugh, we got some decent performances. If you know, if you're watching all these cards, like I, don't, I can't blame him for not watching all these cards. I guess it's a lot of time. But that's what I do on Saturdays. I, I watch all the boxing fights. And I thought, I saw some talent. I saw Conlin. I saw... Uh, Dalton Smith and I saw Virgil Ortiz and I saw Blair Cobbs who I think is a very entertaining fighter and I think that he definitely has a spot in the sport especially when you have to feel so many like I said there's so many cards and so many uh, fights that these networks want a guy like Cobbs is just to me perfect for this type of era you can win some lose some no matter what he's entertaining you're going to see him more often thank you guys for listening follow uh, please first of all like and subscribe on if you're watching this on YouTube um Leave a five-star review if you're watching this on uh, Spotify or Apple, wherever you have the podcast. Uh, like I said, subscribe, follow all those good things. Follow me on Twitter, Ezra Boxing. Follow me on TikTok, Ezra Boxing. And thank you guys for listening. Peace out.